Please hear the word of the Lord. Matthew 28, 16 through 20, the commissioning of the disciples. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the ages. This is the word of the Lord. Shall we pray? Our gracious God, we ask you to pour out your blessings upon us this day as your word is heard. As your scripture soaks into us the Claudia just read, the command that you have given us, that we are challenged to move in your direction in Christ's name. You know, God is at work with us right now. Are you listening? Am I listening? Are we listening? More often, I am focused on my own opinions and also perhaps on my own demands. And if you're really honest, perhaps you are there too because we think we know best sometimes about ministry. And we also get so excited about ministry and the things that we want to do. We say, God, this is a great thing. Come on and bless it. Maybe you don't do that, but I do. We are excited about many things of who we are at Asbury. But over the years, from the 90s to probably 2006, this church has sanctioned and sent out 14 clergy that have been sent out all over our conference and other conference, and two other youth that have grown up in our youth program that have become ordained and become clergy. Countless, countless laity have gone out and served And thank God we have a lot of laity that have stayed here and served as well. They have served the Lord in a great way. And, you know, we have many wonderful ministries here at Asbury. We think about them. I think about the the, the food pantry when we feed their bodies, but we also feed them spiritually in their hope because sometimes they want to talk, but always they're giving the upper room something to help them in their growth as they grow spiritually. There's Bible study and church without walls. There's the, uh, the mowing teams. That's a hard one, people, during mosquito season. Women's connection, men's ministry, and, and ministry making pillowcases for the neonatal units in the hospital. Perhaps things you don't even know about. Many classes, scouts, wheelchair ramp ministry, Vacation Bible School that we just went through. Celebrate Recovery, more Bible studies, counseling, children and youth activities, worship service online as in person. So many things that go on. And also something that's been added to our church that is in the community is the resale shop that we have. You'll hear more about that. If you look on the back door, you will see more of what that is about. We are a caring community in Christ where people are loved, lives are transformed, and disciples are made. Say that with me. We are a caring community in Christ where 
people are loved, lives are transformed, and disciples. Oh, man, that was a terrible attempt to say that. We're going to do that one again. We are a caring community in Christ where people are loved, lives are transformed, and disciples are made. You see, we have come slowly out of isolation because of the pandemic. We got into a routine, perhaps personally, and even in our church. We did quite well, thank goodness, with, uh, with much help, even in our worship service, with the help of Cat Cochran and many. That we did not skip a beat when we had our virtual online. Uh, I kind of thought 20 years ago, Zoom meant fast. I found out what Zoom really was. It was a learning curve for me, but there was a great help there. But we all were able to do that. We have risen to the cause. We have challenged because we have been isolated. But people, let's not become insulated. Let's not become insulated in the things that we do and just for us. It's so wonderful sometimes to to get together and to worship together and have a good time and to share and support each other. But there's others out there that need to hear about Jesus Christ, the Great Commission. Did you know that the Apostle Paul, according to Philippians, says, the prize of heaven uh, is waiting. Don't look back. We've got a wonderful history. We've got Who we are is wonderful now, but we can't stay there. You can't tread water. You can't stay in the same place all the time. We've got to move forward. Paul would have made a pretty good coach, I think, don't you? You think Paul would have made a pretty good... Hey, do you think he made a pretty good coach back there, Abba? Yeah, he had made a pretty good coach. And also, he would probably told him how it was, especially, I think, in track. Have you ever tried to move forward when you're looking backward? I have fell, and I fell. (laughs) It's dangerous to do so. We cannot look back and move forward because, number one, we're going to miss things. But it's also dangerous because we'll trip over things. You'll never know what you run into. You'll never know what you miss. If we run forward, sometimes we... We look at our accomplishments. Instead of looking back at our past, staying where we are, we embrace them, the wonderful parts of that, the accomplishments, and then go forward. If a sprinter wants to win a race, he doesn't look back with the pride on his accomplishments. He continues to move forward. And I think Asbury has moved forward and continually moves forward. Where are we going? I'm asking myself the same thing because God hasn't revealed all that to me and maybe he has a lot to you. But where are we going? The question was so popular many years ago, WWJD. Remember on your sweatshirts, I know when I was a youth director, all of us had the little bands and the sweatshirts. I pulled out one the other day when I was cleaning my closet, didn't even know I had it, still in the closet. What would Jesus do? 
And it was a good thing to see and to say and think. But I think more importantly now it is to say, what is Jesus doing? What is God doing? His life and his ministry in you and in me and in Asbury Church. What is he doing? What is he ready to do? There's different leadership, different people, a different time, but the message never changes. It's the same. Go ye therefore, make disciples. The opposite word there particularly isn't go, it's make disciples. That's what we're about is making disciples. We value each other. We listen to each other, the opportunities, the ideas that God has given each of us in helping Asbury to move forward and God's work to move forward. Helps us in greater boldness when we come together and we discuss these things. What is Jesus doing? We have to be flexible. We have to open our spiritual ears. Maybe for a new direction. We have to be open to God's plan B, perhaps. We think too small as humans. We put God in a box and said it can't be done. We have to say the same. What do we do? But we can't put God in a box. He knows all things. And he has a great plan. I have a sense that he is so proud of this congregation. He is so proud of his church. Not the building, but the people in it. Because he died for the church. The, method, the message never changes. But the methods do. I get tickled sometimes when people talk about the good old days and and when, particularly with music, because I am somewhat of a musician, or at least I used to be, and, and we start talking about John Wesley, and, and we talk about Charles Wesley, and saying all the old hymns that, that he wrote and how spiritual and how religious they are. Well, they are. But let me tell you, Charles Wesley went into the bars and got the, the bar tunes and put the words to them so the people will be familiar with those. Many changes have to come in the church sometimes. We should be individually and collectively the salvation to the end of the earth. That is our job at Asbury. Churches that forget God's mission. Churches that forget God's mission will not prosper. Did you hear what I said? We will thrive as long as we are focused on God's mission. Flexible enough to follow the Lord. Oh, we think we're flexible enough, and we think, oh, sure, I'm going to follow him. But if something new comes along, someone has another idea, and we, sometimes we say, but that can't be done. We take a risk in change. You see, with this risk, we realize that we have to change. Nothing stays the same. Some of us take change a little better than others, but most of us do not like change. Just think about the way you drive home, your habits that you have. What I would like for you to do, put your fingers together. Just put your hands together. Now switch them. 
Go like. Feels strange, doesn't it? Kind of wants to go back the old way. That's the way we all are in change. And in this, we have to change our limited view of Christianity and realize it is not limited to what we view, but that God is working in different ways. God is working in different ways for each of us. And sometimes, sometimes we say, that can't be God because God couldn't be working like that. God can work any way he chooses to. And we just have to realize that. How many golfers do we have in the room? How many want to be golfers? Not me. Okay. Oh, John, I almost saw the hand go. I know you play golf. I saw that. Okay. Okay. Perhaps you're familiar with the term slight edge. The term slight edge means that much improvement for that much result. And sometimes that's what we need to do. Just a little bit of change for that much result. Nothing has to be bad. It might just be a small change that makes things better for us. We take a risk of faith. There is a risk of faith. It will take a step of faith. What will happen when we start moving perhaps, or doing things in a different way after the pandemic? What will happen to us when things change? Who knows? I don't know. What will happen to our friends when we move forward? Let me say, when we take a faith in the Lord, we understand that he walks with us. He promised in the Great Commission of Matthew 28. I am with you always to the end of the world. You can love someone with the bottom of your heart and trust someone, but there's no one in the world that can say, I will be with you forever, and I will be there always for you, except our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What comfort that is. The Lord wants our faith in action. And again, I'm not sure sometimes what what that is for us. This is a very active church in all that it does for the Lord's work. And I think about God's grace being free to offer to all people. I think about that beautiful cross up there. The Babins made that cross. It's nice and clean and pretty. But the cross of Jesus Christ was on, was rough, ugly, painful. He carried it to heal in shame for you and for me. He hung on that cross. No one there to support him except maybe a couple people. Even his own father said, had to leave him because of sin, your sin and my sin. That's how much he loves us. Do we have the right to keep that to ourselves, to say it's only for me? I know we do not ever have that intention, but sometimes that's Trudy Paul's actions.
that's just for me because I forget about others needing it. We want to urge people to embrace God's grace. We want other people to know about his love, his forgiveness, his perfect love. Encourage people to embrace his grace, which for me an acronym, God's riches at Christ's expense on the cross. The only way that it could be done. And also flexible enough to follow the Lord. So how do we plan to get there? I'm not sure of that myself. Now remember the wonderful fairy tale of Alice in Wonderland when she says, well, which road do I take? Well, which way you're going? If you don't know which way you're going, it doesn't matter which road you take. And there's an also saying, an old saying that says, that those who uh, don't know where they're going are sure to get there. I thought that was interesting. If you don't know where you're going, you're sure to get there. There's a great amount of truth in that statement. As believers, especially, there must be a goal or plan for our lives. That is why we have the Bible. That's why Claudia just read the Great Commission to us. It gives guidelines by which we are to live our lives. There are certain areas of Christian folk that are directed by the commandments in the Bible. The Great Commission is one of them. Go, make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I am with you. I will lead you. It's not a suggestion. It is a command. We are told to go preach the gospel and make disciples. Not keeping it for ourselves, but being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. He is not saying if you have time or find it convenient. He's saying, this is your command. We make excuses, one of, I don't know how, but we cannot get around whether we do it or not, the great commandment that he tells us. A disciple is one who accepts a teaching, not only in mind, but in life. He believes and he imitates. A truth learned must be practiced. We have to practice it. We have to practice being disciples. We have to be practiced telling others about Jesus Christ. The disciple of Christ talks like Christ, walks like Christ, and acts like Christ. Boy, that's tough, isn't it? But if we stick with the Bible when he says we can struggle with that. And God will help us with that. The way you think affects the way you act. And the way you act affects your results. The way you think affects the way you act. And the way you act affects your results. Jesus said in John 8:31, If you abide in my word then you are truly my disciple. And continuing on with that, it says the truth will make you free. The role of the Christian in society. Now listen carefully what I'm saying. 
The role of the Christian in society is not to clothe the naked, build homes for the poor, care for the sick. These are very important things that Jesus did, and they will occur when we love others as Jesus did and loved others. The role of the church is to disciple others, to take good news of the gospel to the lost, so they will become disciples. They will become disciples. A changed world does not produce changed lives, but changed lives produces a changed world. The church has certainly changed the world through its charitable efforts, and boy, has Asbury contributed so much in that area. I've never seen, as long as I have been here, a church that has been so active in the things that they do to help in the communities and others without hesitation. But the goal is bringing others to Christ. There are some things we do because we know without a doubt we must. You know, on the other hand, we're sheep. Sheep follow the gentle voice of the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd supplies our needs. He feeds me. He leads us. He shows us what is right and wrong. He comforts us. And shows me all the things I need to do. And all that is required that we be followers and allow him to be the leader. We are to go, whether it's next door, across the street, across the world, to tell others about Jesus Christ. We all have different gifts. We all may not be evangelists in a formal sense, but we have something God has given us to help us to tell others about Jesus Christ. I've watched you, and we tell them. And sometimes we try to make it a little more difficult than it is, other than Jesus loves you. Do you know that, that Jesus is the son of the living God, that he died on the cross for your sins. He rose again and resurrected. And if you believe he is the Son of God, then you will have eternal salvation. Is that so hard? As we obey, we have comfort in the knowledge that Jesus is always with us. He talks about baptism. Disciples are to baptize converts because baptism unites us with Jesus Christ in his death and the sin and gives way to resurrection to a new life. And baptism tells us and symbolizes submission to Christ, a willingness to live God's way and identification with God's covenant. There's always a lot of discussion about the Trinity. Well, I can't find the Trinity in the Bible. It doesn't say the word Trinity. How is Jesus with us? It says in the Great Commission. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus was with his disciples physically and taught them physically until he ascended into heaven. And then he was with them spiritually through the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus would be present that would never leave them to tell them, to guide them 
You see, the Holy Spirit isn't a thing. The Holy Spirit isn't a conscience. It's a person. Don't ask me. And God says, well, it's fine. I'm so glad for you. You really can't explain the Trinity. There's no way any of us can explain, but I believe it with all my heart. I will leave you with the Holy Spirit to guide you, to warn you, to comfort you. Yes, I do believe that. From my perspective, I see good movement in this church called Asbury. What it is taking as we continually grow spiritually is reasonably to expect that we will grow numerically. We don't think much about that at times, but you can't grow spiritually without growing numerically and bringing people in. It's going to happen. But in the meantime, we have to seek God to find where we go from here. We have to seek him. And there's process. There are three things we need to continue. Number one, we need to hear from God. How do we hear from God? Well, I use my, I'll use Trudy Paul. I use the, I never used the word shut up in our house over children. We're never allowed to use this. Be quiet. But I will use it now. Shut up, Trudy, and listen to me. Pray to me. Listen to what I'm saying to you. That we need to hear from God. We must wait on God. We're not a people of patience. Everybody agree with me on that? We want it yesterday. And more so and more so. Rarely. I was thinking yesterday, big decisions I have made and some small ones. I'm not sure that my timetable and God's timetable was ever the same. Or sometimes the results was ever the same. And that's the way we have to listen for him. We must wait on his time. We have to experience with God his leadership. And I think experiencing God with his leadership means our heart has to be right. We do open our spiritual ears. We open our hearts to him. I don't know if there's something you need to get rid of in your life. I only know about mine. But I just know that things that we have to be open to cleanse ourselves for forgiveness, for love, to open ourselves to be ready for God to work in us and through us individually and as a church. As I said, the salvation, the work of salvation on the cross. We have to remember that, to share that. We must desire him. And to me, desire is far stronger than want. We must desire him and seek after him till he talks to us, to where we'll listen to what he would like for us to do. His will, not our will. Working in a partnership together. Walking side by side, building his church. Because, see, that's what he did when he left the disciples. He said, guys, I'm leaving you. But look what I'm letting you do. You're going to be my hands and my feet. I'm giving you a great job to do. 
that is still today the Great Commission. He still gives us that same order today. We think, how will the work get done? He will show us. Who will do the work? We don't know. Done by the Holy Spirit working in and through us, individually and as the body of Christ. How do we keep moving forward in the life of faith? You know, when you're exercising your muscles, if you don't exercise, your muscles get weak. And if you start exercising again, sometimes you get kind of sore. Yeah. And you realize you have muscles. Where did those come from? <laughs> What's well, the same way with your spiritual muscles? If you don't exercise your spiritual muscles through Bible studies, through prayer, through associating with people for accountability, we get weak spiritually. We need to continue to strengthen ourselves in faith. Gathering groups, sharing with one another. A mentor to help you grow in your faith, to challenge you. There was a man, Mr. Smith, we'll call him, went to church down in the valley in a small church, and, and the congregation kept saying, I wonder what happened to Mr. Smith? He hasn't been to church for a long time. He said, I sure miss him, but nothing was done. But the pastor kept hearing about that, so one Monday morning he decided he'd trek up the, uh, the side of the hill and visit Mr. Smith. He went up to visit Mr. Smith, and he knocked on the door. Very welcome. Mr. Smith said, come in, Pastor. They sat down and talked for a few minutes. How are you doing? We've missed you at church. Oh, I've been busy. But you know, I found I can, I can, I can pray at home. I can read my Bible at home. And maybe there's some things on TV I can watch. I, I'm just doing fine. I found that I really don't need to go to church, almost in a proud way. But they continued on talking. And then the pastor looked at him and said, well, this, those are very good things that you're doing. Well, there was a fire in the fireplace with some very hot coals. So the pastor walked over, picked up the poker, and he moved a coal a little bit away from the other coals. And he just kept talking to him and listening. And he kept moving it away further and further. The bright red coal began to lose its fire, began to lose its heat. As it began to lose its fire and its heat, the pastor just put the poker back where it belonged. He said, I'll see you later. And walked to the front door and was on his way out. Mr. Smith said, I'll see you in church on Sunday. He got the message. We are not in isolation. We're not in insulation. We're about being together. Last words are precious. Sometimes those are the last words we'll ever hear from the human until whatever happens in eternity. 
But those last words are precious with someone you love is going on a short trip or gone for a long time. Those last words, they speak, reverberate in your mind sometimes for years. I love you. Take care of yourself. The one I remember was, be good now. Christ's last words in human form were given to his followers. Followers. Guys, you have it now. Don't worry. I'm with you. I'll be with you. Get out there and tell the people about me. Tell them how much I love them, that I went to the cross for them. And that's how much I love them. Tell them about me. What a privilege you have. I'm going to be with my Father, but I will watch over you, and I will, the Holy Spirit will guide you. Let's turn the world upside down so we all can be, know Jesus Christ as Lord. Do you take the Great Commission seriously? Or is it something that we read? Do you read that and say, it is a command, it's just something when I get time that I would do? Or do you earnestly realize that God is depending on you and on me to spread his word of faith, of grace, of hope, of forgiveness? Now, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. What does a church member mean for you? In what ways is being disciples similar or to different than being a member of the church? What is one thing you really love about your church? How does it cultivate discipleship? Who is not being seen in our communities? In what way can we see all people? What are some steps our church can take to move away from just membership and closer to discipleship? As we move forward... We must keep our vision of 751. Thy will be done before us. 500 in worship, 100 in youth, and present and active in Asbury. We can and must remain faithful and trust God to fulfill his promise to his people who are faithful to him. I have no idea how this is going to happen. But this was something that was given to us in about five years, to hopefully that we would adhere to this, to the Great Commission. Is it too big a future and hope for us? You bet it is. It's too big a future and hope for us, but not for our God if we depend on him. Not if we allow our God to lead and not run ahead of him. Let him direct and fulfill the way he sees fit. Let's get out of the way. And that's hard to do. Desire to know him individually and collectively as a church and a shining light for him. Let us be eager and confident 
what he can do and will do through Asbury United Methodist Church and the wonderful people that are here and so ready to serve, so ready to, to talk to others about Jesus Christ, so ready to go in his name and to grow in his name. So I ask you, who are we? Where are we going? And how do we plan to get there? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.